Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we all uh, need you. And if we don't think that we need you, and we're just relying on whatever it is that we're doing, or whatever it is that actually you've given us, uh, then Lord, help us to really see uh, our sin, that sin, uh, and repent, repent of it, repent today, uh, and turn to you. Lord, I pray for, uh, for those folks here who, who have some mountains, and I pray that you would strengthen their faith, and they would see that coming to you, turning to you, repenting to you, uh, it doesn't just mean that, uh, oh, I've done bad, and I get a slap on the wrist, uh, or I'm in the, I'm in the doghouse, but it gives you the glory. It shows our need for you, and, and we do need you, Lord. Uh, I don't even want to pray that you would show up, because you have shown up, and you, you will show up. I pray that we'd realize that you just keep showing up uh, in everything, and that you are at work to bring us to you, and if we've arrived at the point that we call salvation, then you're working to grow us in you. And so wherever we are, may we just come to you, Lord. Thank you that we can because of Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 51. Uh, If you do not have a Bible, you are welcome to get one from the back table. Uh, if, uh, If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to take it home. That would be our gift to you. Psalm 51 is actually a famous psalm uh, of David. Uh, It's actually David talking to the Lord, praying to the Lord, turning to the Lord, calling out to the Lord after he has been convicted uh, about his affair uh, with Bathsheba uh, and then uh, killing and murdering uh, her husband. And he is repenting. Now this sermon today is not going to be about affairs or being about all that. It is going to be about repentance, but it ties into uh, this larger series uh, that we've been uh, going through over the summer, uh, and it's called How We Are Saved. How We Are Saved. And and the Lord, just to say a little bit about this, the Lord really put it on my heart uh, over the winter and spring to do this series over the summer, because a lot of us, I think, think of, well, how we're saved is, you know, we... I don't know, raise our hand at the appropriate time or, you know, come down to the altar, you know, hit our knees, do the prayer of salvation. And I would say it's not simply that, although moments of salvation can certainly happen at those times. Uh, I would say this, salvation uh, happens in a moment. I do believe it's a moment. There is a, a succinct moment uh, when, as I said earlier, the heart goes from uh, loving uh, and worshiping uh, self and our idols to turning uh, to give God the glory and worshiping Him and serving others. There's, there's a point that happens. Now, some people don't even recognize when that exact point happened, okay? Uh, because the Lord, as I like to say, has been constantly irrigating uh, their hard soil of life uh, with loved ones and family and maybe a church family and maybe His Word. But at, at a point, uh, that happens. So, How we are saved, it is in a moment, but it's also over a lifetime. Uh, It is over a lifetime because as we've been preaching about, and there there is a specific order 
And I know summer's kind of hit and miss. You can be in and out. But there's a specific order that we've been going through. And we began with before, that something happens before, that something happened before. Yes, before we were born. Uh, Yes, in the cosmos, we looked at Ephesians 1, uh, that God planned it out and that God knows. So something happened before. And then after that, we talked about that you got to hear the gospel a couple weeks ago. And then when you hear it, the Lord, not ourselves, produces a change. And Nettie Winters was here and talking about actually one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a couple weeks ago. And there is a change that you look at things different and you look at people different. Does it change heart, change mind, change, change life? Uh, and then last week we talked about faith, that the change grows the faith, but the faith also continues to grow the change. That faith and obedience are tied together. By faith we obey, but in the obedience we grow our faith. And then today... Uh, we're talking about something that's honestly not like very popular, but I think because we look at it differently, repentance. Uh, and interestingly, I think it might be, well, you could argue, but in my opinion, I think it might be one of the most important because we so often don't do this repentance piece. We'll say, oh yeah, with faith I believe, and oh yeah, that's awesome that God's working, and oh, I want to hear it, and uh, yeah, change life is nice. And then later on in the summer, we're going to talk about growing But repentance means confessing our sins to God and to one another. So it is vertical that we're going to talk about in Psalm 51. And it's also horizontal to others. And, you know, it's not like the most popular uh, topic. It's not the most popular thing to do. uh, But it is is so important uh, to how we're saved, to a relationship with God. And it gives God the glory uh, as we will talk about more. Now, why should we repent? Not just because I say so, or not just because it's a, a Christianese word, but because God tells us to. Put a verse up on screen before we go into Psalm 51. A verse up on screen, this is 1 John 1. 1 John 1, verses 8 and 9. And it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. Now, those two verses uh, really share a big part and the heart of what we call the gospel. Meaning, really, the gospel is two points: that that we're worse than we know. Okay, so it's not that we sin; we are a sinner. Uh, it's not that we lie a couple of times; we are we're liars. Like, I, I didn't lie today. Well, we deceive ourselves. Uh, we lie when we say, hey, God is first in my life. When, when I know and Lord knows my wife knows and maybe some of y'all know, they're, they're idols that I'll battle with. You know, some of the big idols are idols of comfort, idols of control. Can I get an amen on that? Control, am I like control? What about comfort? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Sometimes both. Idols of comfort, idols of control, idols of power. Saying like, well, if I just have all the power and I can orchestrate my life, oh, and my kid's life too, by the way, uh, then I'm good. And a lot of us struggle with all three. Amen? 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 Okay. So that verse saying we deceive ourselves when we say sin's not in us. But then the other part is if we confess our sins, he is faithful, forgive us. So we're worse than we ever have imagined. 
we're more loved than we could ever dream. It's really the gospel. Like you're, you are more loved than, than we could possibly fathom. And that's why, and I'm not going to uh, read anything from Paul, but Paul, um, you know, hits so much on actually repentance and the sin that's in him. It's in Paul. He talks about that in Romans. The sin that's in us. You know, I say like, well, this weekend, Paul's like, he's like not the guy you want to invite to your 4th of July barbecue. Because he'll bring up, remember last year's barbecue? You know, when all y'all are getting wasted and, and you're saying, oh, man, grace covers me, you know. And oh, by faith, you know, we're saved and everything. That's what he's doing in the Bible. So like he's the guy you don't want to invite. But he, he convicts us to move and see our need for God and to turn uh, to God. All right, before we get into Psalm 51, two phrases I want to, I want to throw out there because I think this kind of ties into, I think it does tie into repentance. Uh, two phrases that are, that are common that you know, this may be the thing that you remember going out here, uh, and, and that's okay. First phrase is, uh, what does it all boil down to? What does it all boil down to? Uh, I was eating squash uh, this week that uh, some church family prepared and my wife had cooked. It was really good. <laughs> it was really good. And I used to not like squash. And there was a moment growing up that uh, came in, and my mom was cooking something. It was a big pot, and, you know, steam was rising. So she's boiling something. And, you know, I was doing something, I don't know, you know, playing in the yard or make-believe or something. I mean, I was young, came in, and, and looked in there, some yellow stuff. I was like, what's that? She's like, well, that's squash. And... I was like, well, don't look too good to me. You know, I don't know if I like that. And my mom said, well, when, when it all boils down, it'll be good stuff. And now squash is actually one of my, my favorite things to eat. Like, what do I have to do with repentance? When it all boils down, when you think about repentance, you think about, oh, I've got to you know, tell God or tell somebody else. I'd rather tell God. I don't want to tell anybody else. It looks pretty bad. But when it all boils down, it gives God the glory. And so sometimes what we see is like, oh, I don't know, it's going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to be really good. Like it's going to taste really good. And then that other phrase, when it's all said and done, you know. How many of y'all said that? When it's all said and done, it's going to be okay. When it's all said and done, blankety-blank team, put your team in there, they're going to win, you know, win the Super Bowl or win the World Series. When it's all said and done, they're going to work things out. When it's all said and done, it's going to be good. Repentance, when it's all said and done, God gets the glory. Because God works in your heart, but God also works across relationships. If we will turn to Him and trust Him, and as the Scripture said, confess our sins to God. As we'll see in another verse, confess our sins to one another. And God gets the glory. So let's look at an example of this in Psalm 51. Again, the context, uh, David is, uh, um, best way to say it, David is flat out busted uh, in an affair and in a murder. And he is convicted. And he is saying, I've got to turn to God and repent. So Psalm 51, we're not going to look at the whole psalm, but just a couple verses to highlight on it. He begins, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And look at this, verse 4. Against you, you only have I sinned. That, that's interesting because I, you could say, well, he sinned against Bathsheba because she was married to somebody else. And then he sinned against her husband. Good grief. Or he sinned against his kingdom because he didn't have integrity. His people. But he says against you, and he happens to add, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And so I would stress that, that the first thing we got to get right is that vertical deal between you, me, our hearts, and the Lord. It will get to horizontal, but first got to clear up the vertical. So that, he continues, you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Now, now look at this too, and this goes to uh, some of us are like, well, you know, I hadn't lied today, or I hadn't, you know, Lord, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, I had an affair 10 years ago, but I'm, I'm good now, you know, or, you know, I'm not stealing, or, you know, I'm trying to do good in business. Look at verse 5. Talking about confession, repentance. It says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. That's tough to hear. It's tough to think about. And, and I don't think he's saying like his mom, you know, had an affair with someone. I think he's saying that the sin nature that's in him and that's in humanity is saying that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's there. It's, uh, somebody said it best, that, uh, and I've used this over and over. It's like the stain that we can't, we can't wipe out. Can't wipe out. God can. Makes us clean. We can't. But then he says, verse 6, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So it's not like, I mean, that's so much the gospel there. The gospel of we're worse than we knew. We were brought forth in sin, but we're more loved than we ever dreamed. Because verse 6, you delight in the truth. You teach me. You teach us. He will teach you wisdom in the secret heart. Going on, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. And check this out. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Kind of sounds painful, but yet rejoice. The bones you have broken rejoice. Uh, Tim Keller had a, had a, a phrase or statement. He said, repentance without rejoicing leads to despair. Think about it. Repentance without rejoicing leads to despair. And you may be like, man, I've never thought of like rejoicing with repentance. Well, let's consider it. So you're giving it all to the Lord. He's wiping it clean. Uh, you have the power with God to make things right with folks. Now, you can't control another person. Like, you can confess, and they may want to hang on to anger, bitterness, wrath, whatever. That's their deal. You can't control them. But you can rejoice in that you've done everything to make things right, and God makes it right in your heart. You don't have to hang on to guilt. I always say this. Jesus saves us from past guilt. So many people are struggle and burdened by past guilt. So let's do some rejoicing but we often look at repentance and they're like, oh man, it's such a burden and I've got, you know, I'm so bad and you know, we have you know, multitudes of I suck moments and you just never get over it. Repentance without rejoicing leads to despair. 
So you can rejoice. You can walk free without the burden. And then last verse in this, this psalm, skip down to verse 12. It says, restore me to the joy of your salvation. David already has his salvation. Say, so bring that joy back now. Uphold me with a willing spirit. And it says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. That more rejoice can happen in that we learn and, and grow from that tough time, that tough situation uh, with a friend, something that we've done maybe. Maybe it's with our spouse. Maybe it's with children. Whatever, that the Lord restores you and then you can teach others. You can say, man, I, I know that you got this guilt but the Lord can, can really cleanse you. Like, believe you. I know, I know you're struggling with this, with this burden, this sin. You, you, it can be released. And I know the, the temptation, or, or even some might say the, the addiction could come back. But that's why there is a church family. That's why I always say the church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. Amen? And like, we're there to walk with one another. Good times and in bad. Joys, blessings, and challenges. Mission trips or just cleaning up the church. And it can lead to rejoicing. And it begins with, we call it getting right with God, pouring out your heart. But you can walk away like it's, it's done. Jesus says it is finished. Now, so I do want to move to what I call the horizontal stuff, like with one another. Because you could, I could end right there. Say, man, that's good. Man, I'm going to, Hey, man, give me another time at the altar, maybe, at the, uh, at the closing song. And, uh, you know, I can get right with God. You know, I'm good. But then the Bible actually pushes us a little further. Because the Bible clearly says, confess your sins to one another. I want a couple of verses I want to put up on the screen. Uh, James. You may read James. Say amen. Boy, James. Whew. You know. Good stuff, you know, not for the faint of heart, not like seeker sensitive there. James 5, 16, he says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confess your sins to one another and then pray for one another that you may be healed. Your prayers have power. And then one other verse, Acts 3. Acts 3, verse 19 and 20. Uh, look at this. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I know so many folks. They'll go to a beautiful place. I love water, I love the beach. You know, I'm, I'm refreshed by the beach. And yet they come back and are still miserable. Still got the burden of, you know, the, the relational deal that's going down, the relational brokenness. Still got the burden of the problem, something they've done. And, you know, we can go to these beautiful places or some people will, will veer to, you know, drinking and drugs. Like, man, that, that refreshes me because I'm going to just check out and enter into another space, okay? And that's where I'll be because of all this other stuff. And the Bible clearly says, if you want refreshment and times of refreshing, what does it say first verse? First word. What does it say? Repent. Repent. Everybody, what does it say? Repent. Repent. 
Repent, therefore, and turn, turn back. That your sins may be blotted. At times of refreshment. I mean, just think about it. Like, what the Bible says, what the gospel says, like, you are cleansed. You can walk, you can walk out of here today in freedom. You can walk out of here today in power. You can walk, I love the phrase, serene confidence. Serenity and confidence. Just repent. But to one another. That's how we do this. I want to put a quote, last thing up on the screen. And I want to uh, keep this up here because we're going to work through it. Uh, this is actually an exercise. Uh, I can't claim this. I actually don't know where it comes from. Uh, many folks have used it as an exercise in repentance. I want to leave it up here. I'd love for you all to write it down and underline some words in it. Uh, because it's been an exercise in repentance uh, with us to God and with us to one another. Us meaning uh, the church over years and years. Uh, it was written by George Whitfield. Uh, George Whitfield was a, uh, just a man that was remarkably used by God in the, uh, in the 1700s, along with John Wesley. But he said, and he, he wrote this, this was actually in his diary, God, give me a deep humility, a burning love, a well-guided zeal, and a single eye. I love this. And then let men and devils do their worst. Because men and women will attack. And oh, by the way, devils are real. And Satan and his minions will attack. And he's saying, give me these things, and then let them do their worst. And... How can I want to work? We can, you know, you're like, I don't know about coming to the altar, you know, the closing song, you know, because, you know, that kind of makes a statement. And then everybody's like, well, what's going down in their life? Or, you know, maybe it makes me look too Christian. And, you know, I don't know if I can do it on my own. So I want to walk us through a time of repentance right now. Uh, Like for you individually. I want to use this phrase. And I want to use the four points on it. There are four points in here. First, a deep humility. Some of us, me big time, uh, need to repent of not having a deep humility. Now, that's kind of, let me break it down even more. Do you have a deep humility, or do you really cling to pride? And here's, here's some examples. Are you, like, really, really stung by criticism? Do you just feel snubbed all the time? Oh, and by the way, and like this cult, 39211 or branching out, like it's easy to feel snubbed. And get amen? Oh, maybe not. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's easy to feel snubbed. You feel snubbed all the time. You think, like, who do they think they are? Is it deep humility you're working at? Because if you're saying that response, it's not. It's pride. Repent. And think about this. And some of you may not know this. Like you really may not. You're like, I hear church, check Sunday school. The free grace of Christ. The free grace of Christ. You walk in humility or pride? Again, do you walk around always subtly criticizing, feeling snubbed? Who do they think they are? And ask God, you know, Lord, man, give, me, give me this humility, deep humility, because of your free grace. The second one, a burning love. I hope you write these down or at least underline. 
It's really good. Do you walk with a burning love or indifference? You're like, well, you know, I'll, I'll kind of be nice or I'll, I'll do good, especially with folks that I want to like me. But like generally, I kind of walk indifferently. You know, I'm here. It's Fourth of July. You know, you should thank me for being here. You know, I'm kind of busting up my weekend and my morning. And, oh, yeah, you know, Honduras happened, so, you know, pray for. And, you know, or, is, or is that a, a burning love? Let me start with that. For people here, people, people in this house, it's a burning love. I mean, I will walk with them. And I, and I will love them. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I will, I will be there. And I want to see love. Or is it indifference? Then consider the free grace of Jesus Christ. Again, some of you are like, man, Sunday school. No. The free grace that we don't deserve and He gives. And at the cross, there's an equal, equal ground, equal playing field. Last two. A well-guided zeal. Uh, this is uh, wisdom. This is wisdom. Wisdom. Put it this way. Uh, do you have a well-guided zeal? Do you have wisdom? As in like, do you avoid certain people and situations? Or do you have the difficult conversations softly? Do you say, do you confess? Do you encourage? A well-guided Courage. That's, you know, you're not avoiding, you're not trying to straddle the fence. It's well guided by the Lord. If you don't, sound like a broken record. Consider the free grace of Jesus Christ. That we do that you do not deserve, that I do not deserve, and it is freely given. And then the last one, a single eye. And this is. This is the toughest. It kind of t- I think it ties to the deep humility. A single eye, as in like, do you really, do we really live for yourself or do we live for the glory of God and to serve others? Where's our eye directed? We live for ourselves or is it to God be the glory? Is it to serve others? And, you know, Everything's hitting the fan around you. You know, it, the Lord never says the challenges will just disappear. He says He'll move mountains, but He may move in the situation that works on you and grows our holiness. But you may still see a mountain and you don't see the Lord. You can have that single eye that says, God, man, God's working here. And it can be for His glory. And I can freely serve others. Uh, I love this statement and this exercise because if you came in here thinking that, like, man, repentance, I didn't know you were preaching on that today. I'm good, man. You know, I mean, I'm going to Honduras. I mean, I'm stepping out on a mission trip. Uh, this shows us our need to turn, and it's just simply turning to the Lord. And He gives deep humility that will grow. But give a burning love for others where you can just say, I'm sorry, period, and I love you, period. And not try to be defending yourself all the time. What's it all boil down to? Like in your life, what's it all boil down to? Um, We probably want it to all boil down to some semblance of success, 
socially, family-wise, financially, you know, just perfect look of family. Oh, yeah, physically too, you know, looking good. Uh, great Fourth of July barbecue, all of that. What's it all boiled down to? It boils down to turning to the Lord. And then he gives you the power to turn to others. He really does. They always say, what's a healthy church? You want to talk about healthy church? A healthy church is one that repents regularly. Regularly, always. There's a humility there. So you're saying, I'm sorry, I love you. Like, I'm not just saying that as a phrase. I'm sorry, I love you. I love you, Lord. And then what's it, when it's all said and done, it gives God the glory. Listen to me, repentance, you know, stage up here, you know, we set the stage for things. You set the stage, things in life. Repentance sets the stage to give God the glory. Give God the glory in your heart, in, in your personal life. Where you can walk out in freedom. Set the stage for giving God the glory in relationships. So my question is, as we close, I mean, where do you need, not to repent, where do you need to turn? You turn to the Lord, but where do you need to turn? Because some of you need to turn today. Some of you have the burdens of, Worry, anxiety, you're criticized, you feel criticized all the time, you feel snubbed all the time. You know, it's just, it's worked up bitterness in you where it's almost like you can't function. You're like, oh, I need, to, I, I need time at the beach or wherever. Or, oh, you know, I get my kick out of these mission trips to Honduras, you know, and I, I need that. You, you got what you need right now, right here. You don't have to come to the altar at your seat as we sing, as we leave in quiet. You got what you need right The Lord. Times of refreshing may come. When it's all said and done, it gives him the glory. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up here. We're going to, we're going to close uh, in a time of worship. And uh, as they get set, I'm going to open some prayer. But the song they're singing is, uh, Give us clean hands, uh, give us a pure heart. And you know, I, always, I always like to say this about you know, reading, thinking about the words uh, that we sing. I mean, because some of us can't sing right here. Amen on that. But we can sing. But I, I like to think, let the words really like sit in me. Give me clean hands. Give me a pure heart. So some of you are like, I mean, I need an ABC on how to like repent or turn. Give me clean hands. Give me a pure heart. Let me not lift my soul to another. Another idol. Let me go back. That idol of comfort. That idol of control. I just want to control my my being. I'm the boss, not you, Lord. Power. Turn to God for a time of refreshing may come today, this morning. No matter if you're hot or cold, okay? We can't control the AC. Times of refreshing may come. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for and the gifts. Uh, the blessing of turning to you. You command it to confess. You give us one another that, that in confessing there can be restoration and, and healthy relationships. And it, it is really so easy that we just, we share, but often we don't share because we don't feel cleansed inside. So right now as we move into the song, and I'd pray Maybe it's one person, two, ten, whomever, that they would, they would know their heart's cleansed. 
and they can move forward with others. They can move forward in mission. Pray that for people here in this house. Thank you that it can be done and has been done in Jesus. His name, amen.